<laughs> Hi, this is Catherine Isabel. I thought being stuck to Freddy versus Jason was bad. This shit's probably going to be worse. You're listening to The Skeleton Crew. Hi, this is Adrian King. You probably know me best from Alice in Friday the 13th, a soul survivor, and now probably from uh, Crystal Lake Wines. So I heard the skeleton crew has one listener. And he's still there. Now you're an all-star. It's the skeleton crew, and we're back for the 23rd Friday the 13th special. We're back with horrible intros. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Let me get my spooky voice so that I sound like a real horror show. It's Alex, Dan, and Jamie Jenkins. We are back. It is Friday the thirteenth. Always... Wait, why did I get why did I get a last name and no one else did? Yeah, we're pieces of shit. <laughs> Jamie Jenkins. <laughs> we're not even worthy of a first name, Jamie. It should just be hey you. We're those two assholes <laughs> on Jamie Jenkins' this is a show. So yeah, it's Friday the thirteenth. At this point, guys, I gotta ask. I'm not saying it's not important anymore. What? You know how, as you get older, you, one would think that um, Halloween becomes less important, but we've actually found ways to make it better because, um, you know, the whole movie thing we do? Yes. And that was my whole point with, let's save Halloween movies for Halloween. It wasn't to bash Halloween. It's because we're making it something. That's why Halloween's still special to me. Right. Because of that, Treehouse of Horror for The Simpsons and Classic Universal Horror, I think those three things are a great combination. So here's the question. Yes. Is Friday the 13th, do you still... Okay, you're excited to hear that there's one or two or three this year or that year or whatever year, but what does it really mean to you? I mean, do you still care... Hell yes, I care. This one coming up in particular. You know why? Why? Because September 13th marks the day that I was supposed to be born. But I wasn't born <laughs> until September 16th on a Monday. So I would have been born on Friday the 13th if I Ooh. wasn't three days late. So this one, when it comes around, is like I am super, super excited. Face it, Jamie. You were born a loser. <laughs> if, you, if you were born on that day do you think you would still be on this show well she would have been killed by now <laughs> she'd have like a horrible life of unlucky I mean you know like the butterfly effect kind of thing right that's what I'm talking about yeah part yeah. three um okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the remake uh, yeah, I like, mean um, you never know right I mean those three days could have made a big huge difference 
Um, As it turns out, I was I was born in Wisconsin, and not just because my parents were coming back. My parents had been in Canada, and they were coming back so my mother could give birth to me at home. And (laughs) then my mom went into labor and in Wisconsin so I was born in Wisconsin and then I flew back here at two days old well I mean what if I had been born that three days early where would we have been and what would have happened you know would I have been Canadian maybe I would have been Canadian and then I'd be boring <laughs> well, and what if, what if I love my Canadian wings at two years old like, how did you fly that's crazy on the plane <laughs> on the plane on the plane, the plane. Now, like I said, it could have set off a chain reaction that would, uh, you know, have you end up on some other podcast other than this. So I'm yeah, glad like- that they didn't exist, as you know. Actually, she did end up on eight other ones. Kind of sweet. Now, what if? What if there's an alternate universe and there was a Jamie Jenkins born and it was like an evil Jamie Jenkins? I thought we got that one. Yeah, exactly. In this case, <laughs> the angel Jamie Jenkins. <laughs> oh, I don't want no goody two shoes on this show. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's not All right, me. What were we talking about, Friday Thirteenth? Yeah, Friday Thirteenth. Wasn't that weird when they? Oh, you know what? We know we have for you, Jamie. <laughs> what? Jonathan Orr. He hit Jaws over the shark with an oar. I mean, over the shark. What did I just say? Yeah, that's what, I you, know said. what you said. What <laughs> Jaws over the head with an oar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, He has some kind of vendetta against you. I have nothing to do with this. You start mad shit, dude. I don't know if you've seen it. It's all over Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> all over. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's talking about it. Fuck is calling you out. Called me out, and uh, I, I have accepted the challenge because I don't puss out. You know, oh, I have no idea what's uh, waiting for me. I have no idea what what he has done or come up with. I just know that I cannot back down from a challenge. So he set up the Friday the Thirteenth challenge. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> okay, well, what? Uh, please describe said challenge. Yeah, what you got, son? The rules. 15-second time limit per question. Each question consists of five points. Dan, can you do the, the math on this? No. <laughs> no. No, I not. And we're going to hell. Dude, I don't have a paper and pencil with me. Didn't Corey Graham tell us never to let you do this again? Maybe uh-huh. I should do this. Uh, yeah, fuck you, Corey, by the way. You fucking heartless. <laughs> Aster, what did I ever do to you? I loved you, Corey. I loved you. Oh, he's the best. So I, I will keep score. What? Yeah, what's the point system? This makes no sense. <laughs> okay, sounds right up my alley. 15-second time limit per question. Each question consists of five points. Ten points if it's answered quickly. Like, well, what consists quickly? of quickly? Quickly to me is 15 seconds. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, if I have to think about these things and uh, miss a question, point deducted, I guess one point. Oh, dude, I'm not doing this. I got a piece of paper and pen, but I'm not doing this. Dude, I'll 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 walk you. Th- I'll tell you the the numbers for each one. <laughs> Just write it down for me. 
There are no redos. The winner, he said me, is declared master of all things Jason. The loser just simply has to admit defeat on the show. Okay. Okay, I, ready? You know what? I can do that because um, I pride myself on my knowledge of this franchise. However, that doesn't mean I know everything. So. All right. This is like an extension of our Are You Smarter Than a Horror Podcaster? Now it's Are You Smarter Than One of the Guys Who Write on Our Facebook Page? <laughs> <laughs> that one's going to catch on. That's a catch That's going to catch Oh, God. I can see this happening every show. That holds some serious weight. All right. Jonathan Orr presents the Friday the 13th Challenge, Jonathan versus Jamie. Uh, okay, here we go. Warm-up question. No points needed. Name the killer in Friday the 13th. Jason! Jason! It Jason. was Jason! I've seen that movie 20 goddamn times! <laughs> oh, no, bitch! Then you should have known Mrs. Voorhees was the killer. Jason didn't show up until after the sequel. You tricked me! Too bad, bitch. Lucky for you, there's a bonus round. But poor Steve, he's out. <laughs> All right. Ready? <laughs> Number one. Let's just go right through these. In the original Friday the 13th, after the opening credits, Annie was crossing the bridge. What's the exact date written in the sub line? Um, June 13th, 1980. You see, that's what I thought. But he's saying it said Friday, June 13th, the present. Oh, he's absolutely right. No, he's right. He's right. Ooh. Oh, yeah. fail. Fail. See, he, he said miss a question point deducted. Does he mean five points are deducted? Jamie. So Jamie's starting no, off with a five. This is, this is embarrassing. Let's start over. <laughs> okay, the next one. Oh, yeah, you got the answer now. You're not going to marry your way out of this one, fucking Jenkins. You know? Now, please, explain to me what you mean by movie. <laughs> that motherfucker's so slick with that shit. Oh, yeah, Mike Merriman. What were the names again? Uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman? He's like, no, Dude, all of them. Version. <laughs> Number two. When Annie greeted the dog, who she couldn't tell if it had a penis or vagina, by the way, what was the name... Of the fuel stenciled on the pump to the right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, see? What the fuck is this? You're telling me Jonathan knows the answer to this? I'm calling bullshit. <clears throat> well, you know, it's not an... It's, I, believe, I believe that, you know, there, that people would know that. Um, I just... I'm always paying attention to the damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> But are we to believe that Jonathan just sat down with a paper and pencil and just, like, pulled this out of thin air? Or did he, like, press play? Because this really freaks <laughs> With a pen and pencil. <laughs> yeah, did I just say that? A pen no, and no, paper. he's going to put it on um, and fucking take notes. It reeks of playing the movie because first he comes out with words that are written. And then the very next scene he has some other words that are written. I have a feeling that this guy's watching the movie and come up with it. Well, I mean, that, that makes sense. I, w I believe that. Yeah, I, my power of deduction—you cannot, you cannot get around me. You I'm going to say, I'm going to say Texaco. <laughs> no, it's uh, crystallite kerosene. Dan, number two, oh. minus one. Minus what? One. All these one. things just flash into my mind after you tell me. <laughs> and here's the thing: is Jonathan taking this test? To, wait, he has. Well, see, that's it. 
see, that's what I said, is that what this really shows is it shows the holes in my knowledge of Friday the 13th, but it doesn't really show anything about him because, right. you know, um, it doesn't. That's why we're going to have part two, kids. Jamie, you're going to fucking quiz this motherfucker. We're going to have yeah. him on the shizzo. Yeah, when's the next Friday the 13th? Two years from now? <laughs> you better brush up on your shit, Jonathan Orr. You got two years, son. Dude, when you're 47, we're going to come looking for you. <laughs> what? Okay, Victor Miller wrote, and Victor Miller, the creator and writer of Original Friday the 13th, didn't originally want to call Mrs. Voorhees' son Jason. What was the original name he had in mind? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. Oh, you have 15 seconds. Hold on. Where's my timer? <laughs> okay, you have 10 more. Um, it starts with a J. Eh. Was that, wait, was that F? <laughs> Anna Paquin. <laughs> Jonah. No, she's going to call him Anna Paquin. <laughs> Kill her, Anna Paquin. Kill her. <laughs> what was it, Alex? I got Josh. Josh. Ah. Number four. What kind, this is absolutely ridiculous. I, I'm on your side, Jamie. I, I don't know what this. I don't know what he's getting at with all this. <laughs> what kind of Jeep did Mrs. Voorhees drive? <laughs> a green one. <laughs> um. Um. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really sure what he means by kind. He wants the make and model and year. <laughs> I don't know. This they all looked nut. the same back then. I, mean, <laughs> I can. Tell, I can <laughs> Can be a little bit more specific if it were today, but seriously, all the jeeps are—they're just old jeeps. <laughs> Somehow he was able to uh, decipher that it was a 1966 Jeep CJ5. If Jonathan Orr ever grows up to be a game show host, <laughs> damn, I never want to be on his show. <laughs> It'll be called the hardest show ever. <laughs> This is absurd. All right. Singer, actress, smoking hot, perfect from the waist down, Willa Ford, Chelsea in the remake, Friday 13th, had a hot song back in July 2001. What was the name of that track? I have no fucking clue, and that doesn't count <laughs> because it's an, it involves the remake, which is bullshit. Well, I actually heard this song. Because I looked her up. Don't ask me why. <clears throat> but that question isn't about the movie. The question is about her, whom I don't care about. So, don't know. What is it? Willa Ford is awesome, dude. She had a show called Pants Off, Dance Off, son. Oh, I wish. No, no, she did. I mean, I wish her pants were off when she was dancing. All right, what is it? <laughs> I believe there was some of that. And Please jerk off on your own time. <laughs> it's called I Want to Be Bad. I Want to Be Bad. I Want to Be Bad. You yep. know it. I don't think that was it. <laughs> Look at my legs when I walk into that cabin. I'm so hot. Who's bad? Okay, well, all right. I just forfeit that question because I didn't give a shit. <laughs> so, Dan, I think you could do minus one for pretty much everything so far, okay? Yeah, okay, yeah. another minus one. Uh, actress Amanda Spaghetti played Whitney in the remake. Why did Jason keep Whitney alive and hidden underground? Because the screenwriter was a Nimrod? <laughs> I really have no answer for that because it makes no fucking sense. Actually, it does. No, it doesn't. And I'm, so, I'm actually disappointed in you, Jamie, because this is a really easy answer. 
don't I cannot I will out front tell you I can't answer anything about the remake. I've seen it once. Rick, you don't know it? Jesus. Now, I don't know. I mean and it didn't make sense to me. I mean none of that none of that made sense. So okay. I what didn't don't make know. sense? What what were they going for? I'm sorry, I have pumpkin wash on my hands. I'm sucking my fingers. <laughs> Thank you. What were they going? Yeah, what were, you don't know what they were going for? Why they um, didn't kill her? No. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> what? No, I don't. I mean, if you go back and read my review at the time, it didn't. I can't even. I can't even tell you now that much about it, honestly, because it's. And so Jamie watched that movie clearly with with blind hatred and didn't. I really did give not. It I give every movie a fair <laughs> chance. I did. I absolutely did not. I wanted to love it. I I ended up. I liked New Nightmare. I mean New Nightmare. I liked the Nightmare remake. So you're I gonna to the answer then. Uh, she resembles her mother at a young age. Yeah. Huh. All right. Negative four, Jamie. God damn it. No six. Negative six. Where did six come from? Right, that was the sixth question. What? Okay. <laughs> Never let a pothead be in charge of scoring. No, listen, listen, listen. I, yeah, okay. Number seven. Kane Hodder not only portrayed one horror icon, but for a brief second, he showed up as who else? Jamie, if you don't know this, you might not be fit for this show. I, well, I assume that you're talking about Hey, I'm not talking about shit. This is John. All right, I don't pin this shit on me, Jay. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck Jeep she was driving. <laughs> I had nothing. I wash my hands with pumpkin watch of this. I assume Please. he's talking about Hatchet Guy Victor Crowley. Ooh, no. But I guess you can't say that's wrong. Is it? Wait, is he talking about in one of the Friday the 13th? Or yeah. in general? Uh, let's Friday 13th, so I'll stick with that. Do you know that answer? I got nothing. I don't it's know. the worst one, but... But yeah, uh, he was uh, Freddy Glove, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. I never knew that that was him under the glove. Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to bury him in that stand. All right. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You're ruthless. He was actually clawing for life, and they just filmed it. Alex would go up to him at convention. Do you really think you have the right to play both <laughs> horror icons, you ungrateful bastard? You don't even like Jason. Are you really going to sign this picture of this Freddy glove as Kane Hodder, Freddy Krueger? <laughs> you really think? <laughs> Here's an easy one for you. This is Friday 13th Part 3. Name the three bikers. Um, let's see. Loco. Or Lobo. Is it Lobo? Lobo. <laughs> oh, if you're going to get this wrong, Jamie. <laughs> Come on. Logo? I didn't say Logo. <laughs> Loki. Well, okay. you have 15 seconds, so. Foxy. Uh, Fox. Logo. I mean, Logo. Damn it. <laughs> Fox, Loco, and Ali. Thank you. God. Wow. So wait a minute. So we're negative seven at this point. So that does that mean we're back to negative six? No, she has two points now. No, no, negative. Oh, you did? <laughs> but you know what? He said but he said ten points if it's answered quickly, so give her ten for that one. So I'm giving her ten for that. That's yeah. Really oh Jesus. Nice. Alright. Friday thirteenth, three again. <clears throat> oh, this is absolutely absurd. <laughs> Jonathan. Oh, man. 
<laughs> you are out your mind, son. You have to be kidding me. What you got? If he knows this, he's a loser. Man. I'm telling you right now, the guy's a loser. How many shots slash frames did they use for Debbie's shower scene? How many times was her necklace on in the duration? Is this a joke? Now, I have noticed before that her necklace was there and then not, and then there and then not, but I did. I have never counted. I am sorry. I don't know. Who has? Jamie, how come? You call yourself a fan? You've never counted the frames? Get out I of here, I know. I'm sorry. I fail. Jamie, <laughs> I just wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> yeah, you said you like this franchise. <laughs> In Jason Takes a Cruise Ship, how many people... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. How many people did Jason kill on that ship? Oh, that's a good question. Seven? Ooh, close. Nine. Damn. I want <laughs> to say that I've actually... Uh, that's stuck in my head for some reason. Why did seven stick in my head? I was going to say, Jamie, you seem very confident about seven. I, like, there was a reason <laughs> that seven stuck in my head about that movie, and I, I, I don't know. I. That's how many people went to go see it. Okay. <laughs> John Carl Buchler and Kane Hodder worked together on Friday Thirteenth Seven. What other movie did they do prior to that? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Okay, it's called Jail or something, or Prison. Oh. All right. <clears throat> In a deleted scene from Friday Seven. Wait, wait, wait. So is that negative one? Yeah. Seven. How did the movie end in that fashion? Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, let's do it. Okay, it had an alternate ending. What was it? What was the alternate ending to part seven? Yeah. Mm, you know, I don't know. Honestly, that's one that I've seen fewer times compared to others. Because <laughs> it sucks? Until the last, like, three or four years, I hated that movie. Like, I yeah, thank you. never watched it. I would skip it. It sucks, Jamie. But, no, I like it now, but... um. <laughs> wow! Um, I'm gonna fight you with my mind, Jason. That I don't know. Okay, he uh, Jason snatches up a fisherman and pulls him underwater. Oh, who cares? All right. Who gives a flying fuck? Bonus question consists of fifty solid points. Oh, good. Now there's your time to come back and beat. Now I don't know how many points he has. I don't know where we're going with this, but. <laughs> <laughs> There's no climax to this, but <laughs> I am lost. <laughs> Kevin Bacon was the blank victim throughout the entire franchise. I'm gonna try to answer this. How many number? Wait, what number? Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, then give me a second. Oh, well, that's gonna take longer than 15 seconds. Seriously. I'm gonna say f- I got it right. Yes. Hurry up, guess. Hurry, hurry. Okay. hurry. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 15 seconds. Four? Ooh, five. Oh. You forgot Ned. God damn it. God damn it. No, Ned I got. Who do I got? Annie? I got Annie Ned. and the two kids in the beginning. Two. Oh. What? What? Wait a minute. No, I must. No. That's it. Two. I counted them <laughs> as one. Me, oh my god, I counted them as one. That was I. 
I was just going to stick it in her mouth and move it in a little bit. <laughs> we were doing nothing. We were just messing around. We were just messing around. I just wanted to see what she had down there. Is it shit? <laughs> yeah. I'm innocent. I just wanted to know what the inside of her vagina felt like. I... It probably wasn't shade because this movie was made a long time ago. So I'm probably going to run into a bush. But we weren't doing nothing. <gasps> <laughs> Who is the girl that she said, do I kiss better than somebody? Uh, is this a question for the test? <laughs> I got, what, one question? Yeah, one or two. <laughs> I think it was one. <laughs> I think you're still a true fan, Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, oh, regardless of points, Thank you. I still love you. I just, that just wouldn't make anybody look good. <laughs> <laughs> just, I am embarrassed there are things that I didn't know. I should have known about Freddy's glove. I should have known that. That you should have known. So I should have not been a dumbass and um, yeah, what the fuck? counted those kids as one death. What was I doing? I was just like one, like one, I was going by scene in my head, I guess. Yeah. And you also should have known the make, model, and year of that Jeep. I should, I should have. That is where I, that is where I failed the most, and I apologize. And you know, I will admit defeat. And apparently, I don't deserve the right to call myself a Friday the Thirteenth fan. Oh, don't do it again on this show. Boo this man! Fuck all that noise! I do what I want. <laughs> Jamie is no longer the Friday the Thirteenth fan. She claimed. Because Jonathan just exposed her for what she really is. Somebody with a life. So. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, like, who would know these things? I really don't that think. That is some crazy shit. Now, Jonathan has to come clean. Now, when we have him on to do part two. Oh, of he this... couldn't come clean if he was jacking off in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Alex. I want to see if he really did know all that shit, because if he did, man, that is some motherfucking shit. Um, we'll see. That that might have been the hardest uh, quiz ever. I just went for my <laughs> CDL license, and it was ten times easier than that. Were these questions harder than the uh, hotel in The Shining or the radio station at Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? Um, in terms of broadness, I'd say, I don't know, but I don't know. I, I can't compare the two. This one was nuts. Well, you know, I, I didn't think you should know the answer to that. I thought that was too hard, which is why I moved it to round six. But Dave's and Dano actually. See, that's important. You move it to the end where it cost me more points. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I think I messed the game up. <laughs> Like, I gave it a better ending with the, oh, my God, but I really flip-flopped things that are so trivial and made them so important. So, that's that. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, check out this song that a friend of the show wrote, Dean Farnell. He wrote a song called Friday the 13th. Check it out. <laughs>
sound like you have fun with whatever you're doing just by talking to you. So we can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to. Yes, I do. Yeah. Absolutely. But you guys make it easy, so it's nice. Like, you know, so. <laughs> uh, sometimes you go for, you know, like an interview, and, and, and they'll ask you a question, and then you, you answer the question, and then there's this dead silence because they don't know what they mean. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, we don't do dead air around no. here. That's, that's what we're all about. We're just about having fun, keeping it moving, and just keeping it fun, you know? Because right. what's the point of doing an interview? You know, you want to wanna have a good time. You want to learn about the people. And, you know, it's just fun for us. And we basically, we want to make it fun for you, too. And, and that's the main thing, so. Well, you certainly have. Thank you. Hi, this is Carol Locatell from Friday the 13th, Part 5. You big dildo. Are you done? Kane Hodder gets a mention on the Howard Stern Show. Kane Hodder, he is Jason, believe it or not. And he was asked if he gets recognized for being Jason. There's a new Jason movie. Oh, come on. Who would know Kane Hodder? (laughs) True horror fans or anyone that are... That is a fan of these films. Knows what I look like. Oh, so come on. How'd they find out? My face isn't very widely known. Okay. okay. Ah, he's so crazy. He means those guys who go to conventions. And he was asked uh, why he likes being recognized. Having been a stuntman for so long, I was used to the. This guy's still waiting to get into Nobu. <laughs> Are you kidding? Anonymity of the whole business. Ooh, I want to take a camera and walk down the street with Kane Hoder and ask 20,000 people who, if they know, they who, know he who he is. The guy who was the Jason Hockey. I've been mask. watching those movies for 30 years and I didn't know who he was. His mom doesn't even recognize him. <laughs> Don't let it get to you, Mr. Hoder. Uh, Hotter. We know who you are, the skeleton crew. All right, we're back. We're with Jessica Cameron. Jessica, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show with us. My pleasure. Absolutely. So first of all, we wanted to start off our first question with asking you a, uh, a little truth or dare, Jessica. So, so, so whichever uh, path you choose, and we'll get this going. Uh, seeing as I just made a movie about violent torture, I'm going to choose dare. Oh, oh wow. no. Chose the dare, dude. I'm going to have to embarrass myself right out of the gate. Okay. Since we're being recorded right now, will you say, this is Jessica Cameron, and I think Dan Chase is the sexiest host this side of the Mississippi? <laughs> well, I have to. It's a dare. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? Better be yeah. recording this. You're only getting this once. All right. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jessica Cameron, and I think Dan Chase is the sexiest host this side of the Mississippi. You lucky dog. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Do you regret coming on the Skeleton Crew already? Not at all, although I do regret not having all of this stuff previously signed off on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Where's the release for this? I'm so sorry. Uh, well, we're, and, uh, you know, with Truth or Dare, I saw the trailer to this. And so, wait, you you wrote, directed, and you're starring in it, correct? Correct. Uh, I'm a little bit insane like that. <laughs> Well, I, 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 don't, please don't take this the wrong way. I thought you were very insane by the trailer. Now, I we watched tons of trailers. This shit looks fucked up. <laughs> like, I mean, fucked up. And then I heard you wrote it, directed it, and I was like, whoa, I got a little scared about having you on. I ain't going to lie, Jessica. <laughs> I did, and actually, uh, it's my favorite movie I've ever been a part of. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Wow. Now... You're sh- uh, shopping it around to festivals. Festivals are picking it up right now, correct? Correct. 
We actually have had such an, a wonderful response from festivals. It's been really amazing. Wow. So, so do you follow the, um, the, the indie horror movies a lot, or are you like more mainstream horror? Like, what kind of genre within the genre do you like? Like thrillers, slashers, psychological horror comedies? I love independent horror, especially independent horror made below 1.5 million. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's kind of my jam. Uh, I love all different types of horror. Torture is probably my favorite because so long as you don't hurt animals, I love seeing people get tortured. <laughs> yes. Okay. You should see how Dan reacted when the dog died in VHS 2. I gave Ugh. it a zero. It gets nothing from me. See, and that's like dog. the thing is like you can do anything you want to people, but leave the animals alone. They're innocent. <laughs> Leave the thank you. That's what that's what I've been saying all along. It's just you know, there's just a certain line you don't cross, and when you kill a dog just to kill a dog and for shock's sake, I'm sorry, you get nothing from me. We give ratings for movies, you get nothing. You'll get nothing in life. Take that, you get nothing. <laughs> exactly. No, so so but I love I love slashers. I like anything that's done well and that's done with a heart, which is where I tend to stay away from studio pictures, mainly because I feel like I'm always. When I go to see a studio film, I feel like I'm in a bad relationship. Do you know what I mean? It's that feeling where you're like, I feel like I'm supposed to have feelings towards you and I'm supposed to really like you, but you treat me like shit and act like I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know? yeah, see, that brings I'm to always me. disappointed in the result. And then I have to figure out how do I break up with you properly and never talk about you ever again or admit that you exist, evil dead. Oh, Son. She Why did you say that? Oh. Because we were talking about shitty studio pictures a minute ago. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm no, done. No. I'm going to turn and face the wall now. <laughs> Dunson, get in the corner. Look at Dan making like he don't love that movie. Oh, I love that movie. You I watch love- it. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Come on. I- I'll give you I like the blood, guts, and gore. They did that exceptionally well. The special effects people, I bow my head to you and tip my hat. Right okay. Right. Everybody I- else, you should burn in hell. You should <laughs> burned at the stake. Like, wow. where was the like scriptwriter on that? Honestly, how about the, uh, really, the actors? What was it? Oh, the only actor I thought did a really good job was the, the loser character and then um, the female lead, who I actually thought would be the worst because she does half-hour single-camera comedies. And how does she yeah. top everybody else in the movie? That's ridiculous. And how about the character arcs? How the guy who's like the dumbass brother who can barely do grade nine math without a calculator <laughs> suddenly becomes MacGyver in the third act and magically <laughs> makes a defibrillator? Yeah, that was so That's right. far higher than yours, and I couldn't do that. Well, in his defense, he worked at an auto body shop, which is why he didn't bother seeing his dead mother. Okay, okay, but okay, again, <laughs> let's think about that for a minute. You work in an auto body shop. How does that enable you to make a defibrillator out of a garage that has been, like, not even gone into in, what, 12 years? <laughs> it's dilapidated. Years? It's a dilapidated garage. You can't find stuff in something like that to make a defibrillator. Right. <laughs> I will, I will definitely uh back up that point you're absolutely right with that now do you go see a lot of those studio um horror flicks uh you know despite your your previous uh feelings towards them 
Only when I'm in a really self-masochistic kind of mood. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the last one you saw in the theaters? Like the last. Um, you know what? Actually, okay, this is a good one. I yeah. saw The Purge, and I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, I hated it's, The it's Purge. It's an independent film, right? It's not even studio. You hated it. You suck. Horrible, <laughs> horrible <laughs> character arc. Oh, gee, the 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 young kid's a pussy. Screws everything up. Makes yeah, a total mess. Kid, I, and... God, I hated the young kid. I was like, somebody was so emo. Yeah. And where's his character arc? Nothing. He just stands there and watches everybody do things, cries in the corner, and that's the end. Oh, wow. Excellent. That was an amazing character. I'm really glad he came through at the end like we all hoped he would. Well, okay, okay. I'll I, give you that I, one. But you didn't I, like the film overall as a whole? No. Um, but, it, yeah, The Purge, though, to me, all right, it, t- tell me if you back up this, this uh, notion at all. Okay. So The Purge would have been awesome. And it could have been probably made for $1.5 million. But because they put so much money into it, you know, they got Ethan Hawke in there. For some reason, big pictures like that, if I see Ethan Hawke or whatever, unless it's like training day or something. Hold on, where, pause like, though, but you realize it was made for $1.5 million. It was like $1.3. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, there, well, there goes your whole theory. Thank you, good right, my, apo- my apologies. I'm being told it was no. $3 million, but that includes – does that include P&A? It was apparently three million, but three million dollar on a studio picture, or it's not studio, but on a, a higher budget film, that's still considered low. But so three million. My apologies. Now, have you seen your next, the other home invasion movie? I have not, and I actually really want to see that. And I have to confess, I do feel bad. I feel like uh, the Your Next marketing being so similar to that of The Purge made right. it so that Your Next did not have a good opening weekend. But to me, it's also independent filmmakers take note. The reason why independent filmmakers need to not get hung up on this whole thought process that your film has to have a theatrical release. Your Next is an example. I haven't seen it, but a lot of people I, I hold highly re- in high regards have seen it. And they've all said it was really, really great, really, really strong. It's a great example where it's a strong independent film that will be a financial loss because to right. do with theatrical release, they had to spend right. tons of millions of dollars on PNA. Mm-hmm. And for this film, on paper, it's going to make this film look like a failure, which isn't fair considering the film itself is great. Yeah. No, that's right. It's exactly. It was that fine line. You fall either side of the fence, and they chose the wrong side. So it's going to look that way. Definitely. I like the main creepy blonde dude. He was sketchy. The the first guy who came up to the door, and he was just basically like, "Listen, we're going to give you a couple options here. We're either going to purge. Oh, the purge. You're going yeah. back. Oh, Dan does that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, the purge. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I'm. Wow, one track mind. But yes, the purge. Yes, yes. But your next is great too. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But I, I'm see, you're very in tune to all that shit, and that's what I love. Like you know, you know all the big ones and all the small ones. Now, me personally, I'm kind of in the middle where I don't check out everything like I, I must admit i'm not the biggest fucking horror fan out there i'm not going to claim to be like there's a lot of movies out there which i haven't seen but i was going over your imdb and i came across one that not only have i seen but it's one of my favorite movies of of, of all time I, independent films of, of all time now what do you think that is like what like what like me saying that what do you think which movie do you think i'm talking about well, you did like Evil Dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Mr. Hush. Oh, Mr. Hush. No. I, I not only I, – I, I saw Mr. Hush. I saw half of it. I, I did not know you were in it at the time. I could uh, take it or leave it, to be perfectly honest with you. See, but I but, thought you liked that kind of movie. You liked Evil but, Dead. 
I, you know what, though? I only saw half of it, so I can't properly judge it. So I, I promise I will send you a full review of, of Mr. Hush. <laughs> I heard you were good in it, too. But the movie that I'm talking about, now, I, I, talked, I started talking to this kid a while back, and he's one of the coolest, nicest people I've ever met in my life. Humble, all of that. It's ironic because I know exactly who you're talking about now. Who, who, who? You're talking about The Sleeper by Justin Russell. Yes, yes I... See, I love Justin. Is he not one of the nicest people you've ever met in your entire life? He's even nicer in person. Come on. T- tell us a story. He's amazing. Well, like, I mean, okay, so here's something that's just sort of like a fun little antidote. But you always go into these films, right? Like, you get your contract and you find out what the rates are and what you're going to be expected to do and what characters you're up for. Um, right. And it was, a, it was a really micro-budget shoot that was shooting in Ohio that coincided when I, I was going to be in Ohio. So I could do it without having to make them pay any travel because I was already going to be there. And I, you know, my other friends had introduced me to Justin being like, you have to, to meet this independent filmmaker. He's super young, but really nice. No. So knowing everything and like I got the contract, everything was fine. But you sort of, you have a gut instinct when you're like, okay, age, experience, IMDs of those people involved. And you're like, okay, I'm probably dealing with a first time gaffer. I'm dealing with a DP that hasn't done a theatrical release film before. Right. So you sort of make these like, Judgments might be the wrong word because I'm not saying they're negative or positive, but you make these uh, likelihood statements of fact in your mind where you're like, okay, this is probably not going to be that well organized. You know, a lot of independent sets are not organized, so it's not like it's a – I'm not saying that to be like a huge how dare you situation. Um, And you're like, okay, it's probably – you know, it might be something I want for my reel. Maybe not. You know, it's probably going to be something – that, you know, hopefully gets some kind of distribution deal that will show some light of day. And then you sh- I showed up and he blew me away. He was amazing. I have, uh, he's one of the very best directors I've ever seen working with his cast and crew of everyone I've worked with, including people that have 40 years more experience than him. The mm-hmm. amount of respect that he commands on set is phenomenal and totally way above his actual age. Yep. Uh, he's just, he's mind blowing. He's more impressive in person than he is if you've just seen his film, he's phenomenal. I think he's a huge talent. I really want to see him do more. Me too. And, and he runs marathons. Yeah, he's crazy. And he's like, what, 25 or something? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like my age. It's so funny because I'm sitting here like eating Celeste pizza, drinking coffee, talking about Justin Russell making movies, uh, running marathons. Running marathons. So. And you're feeling really down about your life, aren't you? I can tell. Uh, I'm not talking to you though, Justin. Don't feel down say, about that. Feel down that you liked Evil Dead. Of everything we <laughs> that's what should make you rethink your life. I uh, oh, I rethink my life every fucking minute of the day. But I maybe do if you would watch that. better quality big budget studio films, you might not have that problem. What's a good one then? Evil Dead sucks. Okay, what's the good big budget film that came out in the last two years of horror? Uh, um. I think, okay, so I'm going to say a film, and I, I want to give a disclaimer saying it's not reinventing the wheel. Okay. Okay. It's not, uh, not going to make you go, oh, my God, that's the most original idea ever. Don't but say Cabin in the Woods. Very... No, no, no. Okay. Although I did like Cabin in the Woods. Uh, but um, I'm going to say The Conjuring. Yes, that was good. Oh, I thought it was wow. very effective and very well done. Uh, again, like I, I know like a lot of the, the worst thing I'm hearing people say about it that are by not people that are in their own mind and clueless about the world, uh, you hear a lot of people saying, well, but they didn't do anything new. And I don't uh, disagree with that. She's they killing me, dog. She's killing me. But they did everything so well. You know and what? 
That's exactly our review. That's what we said. Well, and I was dogging on it, but I said this has all been done before, but they did it so damn well. Yeah, like, and here's like the thing I think we all need to be aware of, though. Like, it, when we say okay, they haven't done anything new, but at the end of the day, too, you only have ninety minutes in a film, right? If you want people to sit in through it, you've got ninety minutes, and right. for an Exorcist film, you have to show these things right. that make it an exorcist film. So it's not really fair to hold it against the film because it showed everything we expected to see because if it didn't show it, we would hold that against them. Well, you know? me, yeah. And let, well, let me ask you a question. then. that brings me to the next question, which is, okay, it's 2013. Okay. We've seen tons of shit from all the torture porn from, you know, like uh, human centipede. Now we were talking about this and we've been talking this a, a lot lately and, and our views on movies and how we're kind of jaded. And we're wondering if it's just us as horror fans or if it's that we're running out of ideas. Do you think that's it? Like, do you think that it doesn't matter the idea, just the angle you take or, or what is it? Cause, cause I can't figure it out. Okay. I'm going to answer it to you really simply. It just yeah. has to be something that you have a deep passion about. Yeah. And that will come through. Yeah. If you put your heart and soul into it, whether it be an original idea or not, I feel like right. it's going to through to me. When I see the conjuring, there's, mm. There are there's some really there is unique aspects when you actually look it down. I don't want to give away any spoilers, so if you haven't seen The Conjuring, don't listen to this. But uh, the creepy girl on top of the bureau, yeah. things like that, the clapping, all that yeah. stuff felt very fresh to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get the bird slamming into a house, which is again exorcist staple. The mother being possessed, exorcist staple. Losing the girl being possessed, exorcist staple. Um, but again, I, I felt like it did such a wonderful job with it all, and there was just enough about it that made me feel. Uh, like I, I love the film itself and I will say I actually went with my boyfriend who uh, sees a lot of horror films with me mm-hmm. and he was so scared <laughs> I was not scared but he was so scared I, I fe- because I felt that it was very familiar territory so some of the scares I did sort of see coming um, I still enjoyed them though which is hard to do if I usually if I see a scare coming I, it spoils it for me and The Conjuring is a great example of where I saw the scares coming and I still enjoyed and appreciated it even though it didn't scare me that being said I did take that opportunity to scare the crap out of the boyfriend next to me <laughs> who was like super panicked so I would like get my hands ready to like poke him right at the time that I knew that there was going to be like a jump scare so he because I'm the best girlfriend like that, uh, and the best uh, you know <laughs> theatrical partner you could ever have. Wow, we got so, the know, I, I think that's a great example. And again, I think you can tell that James Wan has a passion for that content. Uh, that's yes. the reason why it did well. It wasn't about, and I don't think you have to necessarily reinvent the wheel. You know, truth or dare, we're a torture flick. I'm not trying to reinvent torture. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I just have this story that I wanted to come out that I feel really strongly in my twisted mind. The world, including myself, wants to see. You know, it's a movie that I want to watch that I can't find. So I was like, fuck all of you. I'm making it. <laughs> right? Whoa. You know, and I feel like The Conjuring and uh, some other films like that are examples of that. So to me, that's what makes a good film is when you could tell that, like, the filmmaker fought so strong and hard to make this film and make it this way. And I thought also, too, I'll give The Conjuring another bonus uh, that I thought was really great. I really care for the characters. It's right. hard to make you care for so many characters. If you don't know the movie, it's it's about uh, uh, paranormal investigators and their family. Um, and then they go to investigate uh, exorcism of a house that involves another family, which is parents and five kids. So right. there's a lot of main characters and a lot of people you have to feel from. Mm-hmm. So that's... 
from a filmmaker perspective, that's really hard to do. You know, usually I find most audience members, they stop caring after four or five people. You know, yeah. we just, we don't have that much room in our hearts to really give a shit about that many people outside of ourselves. Right. We don't. Well, what do you think? I like what you said about passion, and you could tell in a filmmaker's doing it that way with his heart. What do you feel about, like, we, you know, a good friend of the show, Adam Green? What do you think of his movies? Because that's passion, you know, tenfold. Like, what do you think of his stuff, like Hatchet and Spiral and Frozen? I think that's another great example. Um, mm. Where, again, like, for me, I, like, you know what, the Hatchet, Hatchet, if you haven't seen it, it's like, you know, a sort of an 80s homage slasher flick. Uh, definitely like a. a Almost like a you know a, a censor a, a main villain like a Freddy or a Jason, right. um, and I thought it's done really really well for being what it is. You know the criticism around that again usually surrounds well it's not you know jump scary it's not original it's not supposed right. to be right. it's just he's got a passion for it and he inflects his Adam Green humor into it which he does I think really well on his show as wow. well where it's like his own brand of this is what Adam Green does. So I really think very highly of him. I think what he's done with his filmmaking is really admirable. And I love how he's branded and marketed himself. And I think that Adam Green and the Soska sisters, uh, James Wan, and a few other directors are kind of rising the bar for how independent filmmakers should be marketing and branding themselves. You wow. know, and they're making, they're making films that is a direct representation of themselves what they want to watch, what they want to see, not because they're getting paid to do it. Exactly. You know, none of Adam Green's films are made because somebody gave him $10 million to go make this movie. I feel like, I feel very strongly every one of Adam Green's film, if he, if everyone had turned down the budget for that film, that he would have taken a 7D camera that he borrowed from one of his friends and made a no budget feature just because he wanted to tell that story. Mm -hmm. And you sound like you're a Holliston fan. Um, I like Holliston a lot. I'm not a huge, huge fan, but I don't really have time to watch it that regularly. Right. Um, but I do really appreciate it, and I like how it brings horror into the mainstream genre. Right. And it's fun for like a, a cheap, you know. To me, it's like yeah. Three's Company with horror comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Perfect. And Guar in the closet. <laughs> oh, Barry in the closet. <laughs> Odorous in the closet. In my own personal world, I firmly believe that Adam Green and and Joe Lynch are hooking up at some point. <laughs> It's so yeah, I'm sure they have many a times. Romance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, Jessica, you mentioned the uh, Soska sisters, right? Yes. You're tight with them. You you guys are you guys are always talking on Facebook and shit. Now, yeah. I'm I, I'm Don't. sure I'm not the first one to uh, to say this, but uh, what's up, Jessica? See no evil too. Come on, come on. Well I think that that's coming from a very uneducated place. So therefore, as a reviewer, you should be ashamed of yourself. No, I'm talking. I want to see you. No, no, no. I was saying, come on. We want to see Jessica Cameron in it because I know. you. Oh, okay. You were talking. They're getting some people are giving them flack. Sorry. I thought I love that is one of my favorite movies ever. One of my favorite slashes ever. Well, here's the thing. Some people are giving the flack to be like, why are you doing a wrestle movie? If you know the girls, they love wrestling. They've always loved WWE. You know what I mean? If you know them, this is like the best thing in the entire world for them to ever get to do. It's not, again, like it goes down to, it's not just because other people thought that their next movie would be inserts stereotypical horror here. You know, it's not to them. It's not about that. They don't care what other people think. They just want to do what they want to do. 
And well, look at Ben Affleck. He's got a bat cave in his house. He doesn't give a fuck if people are saying bad shit about him being Batman. He doesn't. He's got a bat cave in his house. I want a bat cave. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> How cool would that be? I would well, just like to hide in the bat cave and scare the kids when they tried to come into it. Yeah, just yeah, just go to your bookshelf and and, and pull a book and. I want Catwoman in my house. I don't care about. But no, I, I think That's that it true. would be. I think obviously, you know, again, I'm really friends with the girls, so. I would love to be involved. Uh, there's so many other levels of people involved that, unfortunately, when you do a bigger budget studio picture, it's not a simple fix of people saying, this person's my friend and I think they're a great actor, so right. they should be a part of it. It's a bigger situation. So, you know, hopefully people are listening. If they are, I'd love to be involved. Um, I would definitely promote the crap out of it. I, myself, I actually really enjoyed the first one. I thought it was really fun. Yes. I like the sense of humor that Kane had. Yep. Which ironically is like something that people sometimes give it flack for. And I'm like, dude, it's what makes it really original and fresh. You know, when he shoved the cell phone down the girl that was always talking. I was like, hell yes, my friend. I wanted to do that. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I'm trying to get Alex to watch that movie. It's one of my favorites. You should. And then you should do a a review of the sequel and have the girls on because they would love that. Oh, we'd love to. We had uh, Katie Isabel on. Uh, He calls her Katie because they're tight. Like that. We're tight like that. But, tight like that. She's a sweetheart, right? I haven't actually met her in person, but I'm a huge fan of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we are too. Yeah. And she talked the Soska sisters up too. So everybody's uh, hyping these chicks up. I loved American Mary too. I thought it was a really good movie. And um, and then I heard, you know, one of my favorite slashers, and then they're doing it. I'll be honest with you, I didn't see it personally, but I, I don't. I wasn't gonna hate on it. And then, like I said, I found out a little bit more that they like wrestling and all that shit. I'm like, oh wow, that that's that's perfect. But then again, you know, everybody everybody's coming from a place where they're just like. Well, that wasn't what I would pick. Well, yeah, or like you're getting all these offers, but like in the horror world, it's really small. So a lot of other people will know like what everyone's getting offered. And I actually know like five or six other filmmakers who wanted See No Evil 2. So it's like a really interesting place. But there's other people who are like, but you were offered more money for doing this and you didn't want to do it. And at the end of the day, the girls are really particular. They their main goal is to make great films that they want to watch that the fans will love. And they just, with their history, Mm. with the WWE and how much they've been madly in love with the WWE and how active fans they are, there's Mm. no better directors on the face of this planet to make a WWE horror film than those women. There's just not. Wow. I'm not. I'm not even a wrestling fan. Like I know Alex, you you were into it. I just I, I can't get into it. But I love that movie. Like I saw executive producer Vince McMahon. I was like, oh fucking hell. <laughs> but I but I watched it, and to this day, I'll throw that sucker on at any given time and and have one of the greatest cin- cinematic experiences of my Dude, life. So I, I like even like the the other thing that I I remember is the the woman who was the animal advocate and like giving <laughs> the other people flack about eating meat. And then she became dog food. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I was like, that's hilarious. Maybe it's, maybe it's only me and my twisted sense of humor, but I think that's fucking awesome. That's karma for your ass. No, I, I know, mean, yeah. right? Like, to all the vegetarians listening, warning, <laughs> it might come back to bite you in a horror film. I'm just saying. Exactly. But, you know, like, I think usually, you know, I tend to be friends with a lot of amazing people who have the same, uh, the same priorities as I do. You know, as a filmmaker, we gravitate towards people that are like minded and the girls, again, it's it's not about money for them. It's not about a paycheck. It's not about uh, doing what the world tells them they should do. It's about what 
they feel passionate about. And I think that's amazing. You know, rather than being like, why don't you do this bigger budget of film that you're offering? I think it's great that they're yeah. doing something that they want to see. As an audience member, I want to see something you feel that passionate about. When it wasn't motivated by money, I want to see what you can do. Yes, I totally agree. And it's so much more admirable and, and respectable, too, because you know you know how you feel about certain things. And even like with your job and, and, and doing like mundane things at your workplace and that you don't necessarily want to do, but you're doing it just for the hell of it. And you're like, why the hell am I doing this? And they're in a position where they can say, actually, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this, this and that. What we want to do for you know less money, but we're going to have more creative freedom and, and do exactly what we want to do. I love that shit, too. I'm with you, Jessica. I feel you. Well, and honestly, like, too often I feel like, again, films go awry when everyone's just focusing on what they're trying to predict will generate money. And I, I'm a very big believer in the power of horror fans. And I'm, I feel very confident that if you tell a good story with mm-hmm. the amount of money you need to tell that story, keep in mind, not every movie needs $10 million to be told well. Tell a story at the budget it needs to tell it well. Right. And promote the crap out of it. And the fans will go see it. Especially horror fans. They're the most active, on top of it, fans in the world. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And when I, when I saw the uh, trailer to Truth or Dare, too, like I said, I loved it. I thought it was very fucked up. Can you just, like, talk about more of the plot and what that movie's about? Because from the sense I get, it's, you know what, I won't even do it justice. I'll butcher it. Why don't I just leave it to you? Okay. So, effectively... It is uh, the story of a group of friends who get internet fame pretty much overnight with the success of their online YouTube channel. And from there, their number one fan decides he wants to be a part of it, but he's got a very different idea of how they should play their Truth or Dare videos that have gotten them to their international fame. Sounds like our show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Things go horribly, horribly awry (laughs) when Derek comes to play. And now, when's this uh, movie coming out? Well, right now we've started doing our festival run. So if there's any yeah. festival directors listening you want us to play, let me know. Yeah. So the plan for us is to do festivals into the spring and then hopefully secure a distribution deal after that. And then mm-hmm. we'll announce it when we get it. Right now we don't have it. With all the buzz and, the, again, the amazing power of the horror fans, we're hoping that we can get a pretty strong international release as well as domestic. Definitely. Well, and I know, like I said, the the reason we contacted you is because so many people hit us up saying, you got to talk to this chick. She's awesome. Uh, get her for the show. Get her for the show. And we did. And I, I got to say, you didn't disappoint. You uh, you brought the heat, Jessica Cameron. Thanks. I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> we might not share all the same taste, but you're you're OK in our book. Well, that's OK. <laughs> you can be wrong on a few things. A few, but not not many. <laughs> And uh, before we let you go here, is there anything else you want to promote? I noticed that your uh, your pre-production uh, films on IMDb are longer than uh, Danny Trejo's, another person <laughs> that we interviewed here. That was another tough part of it. Like, oh, wow, what do we talk about coming up? So did we miss anything? Because, you know. It, I love it, Danny Trejo, by the way. He's a oh, funny character uh, in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, horror high. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come on, Papa. All of those guys are just so much fun. (laughs) No, I think think Truth or Dare, we're screening on August 13th, Friday, August 13th, at the Arizona Underground in Tucson. So definitely if you're in the area, come check us out. We'll be there for a QA. and a And we're giving away our bloody vomit bags filled with treats and fun. You mean September 13th? Or sorry, yes, September 13th. Friday, September 13th. My apologies. I was going to say, you guys missed it already. (laughs) Oh, I know. That would be horrible, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and then also the following day, if you're in Montreal, sadly I will not be there, but we will be playing at the Montreal Horror Fest, I believe at 4 o'clock on September 14th. Um, then we have upcoming, uh, we have other festivals that we haven't been able to announce, so stay tuned for that. Polygrind, we've been accepted, we just don't know what date, but as soon as we have the day, we'll let you guys know that as well. Okay. We're hoping for a big LA premiere, so fingers crossed we'll get that too. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just go from there. You can pre-order the film on the website. Something else, because again, I'm a fan first, a filmmaker second. Um, we do have, you can pre-order the film right now, which means that as soon as we're done our festival run, we'll be sending out copies to all the fans who pre-ordered one before okay. we sign distribution deal so that you don't have to wait. Because too often as a horror fan, I find myself so eager following along on film, and then it'll take years to come out from a distributor. Right. Like your next, I want to see your next two years ago when it was doing its festival run. Yeah, right. It took two years at distributors. Yeah, I just watched. I'm watching it in the middle of watching the movie now. I stopped it to come on here. Uh, I, it just came out today. The Black Water of Echoes Pond <laughs> came out ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. That that movie has been. Uh, Sean Clark co-wrote that. That's been done for years, and they've been asking him, where, "Where the hell's this movie, dude?" And it just came out today, man. Yep, it's crazy. So. But And I actually encourage this for all independent filmmakers. Do something like this for the fans, you know? And also, too, get money in your pockets. Screw that. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when you pre-order, we get the money. So we can make more awesome kick-ass films. We can promote our kick-ass film more rather than going to a distributor anyways. And you get the film first. Right, exactly. And are you going to be at a chiller theater in New Jersey in October? They haven't asked for us, so probably not. But if they want us, I'd love to. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because I'll, I'll be there, so I was hoping you'd we be gotta there. we got to make a call to those motherfuckers. Make like, a call. Yeah. Chop, chop. Yeah, right? <laughs> I want to I see Truth or Dare, man. I d- that's what I'm saying. I mean, like I said, Jessica, no bullshit. And, you know, we, we tend to hype up some guests sometimes, but that's why I wanted you. I saw this, and I was like, yo, <laughs> this looks like some fucked up shit. And I was like, we got to have this chick You're on. No, our, our AD on set said that this movie makes Solo look like Sesame Street. <laughs> Come on. You guys eat plates of shit in that movie or no? No. <laughs> I don't want to give away spoilers. No, we actually don't. <laughs> spoilers. We, we don't go there. Um, it's just an overall tone. And our male lead who plays our uh, obsessed fan, yep. we did a Playboy interview, and I thought his quote was really funny. He said that it was the most fucked up role he's ever played, and he's played Manson before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How about this? Does it top a uh, Serbian film? I think so, but Serbian films what? didn't bother me at all. Really? No, you don't even see the baby fucking. What's offensive about that? You, when you don't, don't even see it, but it's implied, Jessica. Meh. Meh. You can play a lot of things. You really want to bother me, show me the poor baby's face crying. Am I remembering this right? Doesn't the dad fuck the kid in the ass at the end after he fucks his wife? <laughs> Hardly. I mean, okay, the so there's just, he just goes at it in a hole that's on a bed sheet. Right. You know what I mean? And then it turns out it's the kid. And he's like a 10-year-old kid, so it's not like it's he's that oh, young. God. It really – it didn't offend me. <laughs> he's old enough to know what he's doing. Well, but the kid was drugged, so <laughs> I'm sure he, the kid found it later. Can you imagine this poor kid who was cast for that movie? What he's, he's probably on heroin right now. He's probably shooting up in an alley. <laughs> I want to know I – I want to talk to the parents that was like, yeah, yeah, my kid can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go, little Johnny. Go ahead. This is the role of a lifetime. This is going to be a breakout role. But me, like, I, I don't, like, here's the thing. Truth or Dare doesn't bother me, but a Serbian film definitely doesn't bother me. Wow. 
Yeah, it just didn't. I don't know. For me, it just didn't. I'm trying to think of the last film that did bother me. I don't know if I've seen one Evil yet, Dead. So maybe that's why I was like, I'm going to try to make one. Yeah, but I'm talking about like bothering <laughs> know, you as I'm far kidding. as like content, not <laughs> <Right>. just <laughs> shitty filmmaking. Right, right, right. I got you. Yep. And, and you know, like coming from somebody who, who has rewritten scripts and have done all that stuff, I have a particular annoyance for studios that pay lots of screenwriters and then the writing still sucks. I give you a pass if you were an independent filmmaker and whatever, but I'm sorry. How many screenwriters did you have on that? No, unacceptable. <laughs> okay, how about one one last movie, Lords of Salem? Did you really have to pick that one? Oh, why? Snap. What you got? Okay. Um, no, I, well, I agree with Rob Zombie, which is that it was a mess of a film that he wishes never had come out. Is that what he said? Um, in not so many words, but pretty much he was at a Q&A. <laughs> More or less. Um, yeah, he pretty much said that he had no money and that it was slapped together. And every day he was rewriting 12 pages. The end copy of the film, which he's not happy with, is nothing like the original draft. In fact, the only thing that is similar to the original draft is the very simple fact that the three, male, the three leads worked at a radio station. That's the only thing that made it to the final edit of the film. All right, you know what? I'm done with this. Rob Zombie has an excuse for every single movie he makes. Well, he's going to continue making movies like that. He damn well better. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm you saying. You just tell me that was a good idea. I'd rather yeah. hear an excuse than you try to tell me that it's a brilliant film. People think it is brilliant. They just say that... Well, some people are sheep. <laughs> Dan, get the dunce cap out. Oh, please. I'm not no sheep, dog. I watched that on Mushrooms. I went. I had an experience. Dude. That, that actually might make it decent. It does that... have great visual imagery. <laughs> it was not only that, but it was it was more of a connective type of thing. We had a whole debate. Me and Alex almost got into a fight about this, but I just kind of figure that's that's a that's a certain way to watch it. I don't think it's bad if you don't, but I think if you do, it's really fucking good. I'm sure it is. I think it's, <laughs> Lords of Salem is a film that reminded me of all those '70s films that didn't really make any sense, but they had great imagery and interesting yeah. sound cho- like soundtrack choices. Right, right. So yeah. I think if you're watching that movie, that that's what you should watch it for because it does have some really cool imagery, like the creepy people that were like standing on the counter naked, all like creepy looking. Yeah. that yeah. was great. I don't know why they were there. That no. was never explained in the story. No, I know people. I think that you're talking about the kitchen scene, right? Yeah. I know yeah. people that think that was like trailer bullshit. Like you just have to have like that was probably like the low end of the art the you know artistic vision. Oh, I'm sure it was, but at the end of the day that was the only thing I remember that I remotely thought was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not disagreeing that cuz there was no reason for it to be there. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. If I could give, try, I'm trying to throw you a bone here. Let me throw it to you and say <laughs> that there's something interesting about that movie, and it's that <laughs> two seconds of screen time. <laughs> I really have to admit, the guys jerking off dildos and the midget in the scoob outfit, that was really original, though. <laughs> well, what did that have to do with anything? Nothing. What about, um, that, what about the monster? The monster where it's just standing behind her, and we don't know why it's there, what it's doing. <laughs> As she walks into the apartment, sees all this creepy stuff, and then leaves, and the monster lets her leave. It's just like, whatever. You can come and go as you want. Why well, have that there? It makes no sense. Well, in all fairness, he was just checking out her ass. Well, we all were, but that was the whole reason <laughs> of having that in that film. And that's just not what I expect in a movie. Um, and again, like as an independent filmmaker who understands that I had a lot less connections to pull from for my film... You don't have an excuse, Rob Zombie, just because I think he said he had $800,000 to make that movie, and that's why he couldn't do anything. <laughs> I'm done with his excuses, man. I'm just, like, Okay, I think the, his best movie is Devil's Rejects, 
And I don't, I never don't think I heard any excuses about that one. So, no, right. I want to see him do, go back to that. Go back to that. I like yeah. the house, house of a thousand corpses. Like, come on. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Well, now he's doing a hockey movie. So I think if you, ironically, do you want to know a secret? Hmm. Yes. Not on my IMDb, and it's something I don't usually talk about. Okay. I am an extra in the theater scene of Lords of Salem. Yeah. What? Yeah, only because uh, I know Oren Pelly. And I was telling Oren one day, uh, right before they were shooting that, that I really wanted to meet Rob, that I really liked it. And he was like, well, they had asked Oren to come and be an extra as like a cheeky little behind the scene thing that never came together. Right. So Mm -hmm. Oren like asked me, hey, do you want to come with me and be an extra? So I sat with Oren for part of it in the theater uh, for like two hours. Wow. See, I know that I knew there was a reason we mentioned that movie. See, see, it was it was all connectivity. Keep in mind too. I think it's a good example of why some films falter. Like, keep in mind that was over two years ago. Mm. It took forever oh. for that film to come together because I mean, how could it not when you're rewriting twelve pages of script Everything. every day? I don't. I don't even understand. How do you get to the point where you're shooting and everything's green lit and you're still doing? Like, I don't even understand. Shouldn't that be all done by then? It should be. I think that comes from a place where I think there was a. There's been several films that Rob was supposed to be attached to, and he's since fallen off. And I kind of think that his priority shifted from filmmaking to other things, from what I know. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh. right. You know, and at the end of the day, you're, that turns out a Lord of Salem type film, where there's, the characters don't make any sense, the plot's not obvious. Yeah. It's got some cool imagery. Yep. And a bunch of excuses. <laughs> you pretty much said it, dude. Just a, a bunch of, of excuses. excuses. Right. And I think, yeah, wow, you guys are right. It's kind of hard to swallow, but you you guys are definitely right. You're absolutely right. And The Devil's Rejects was his, uh, you know, some people argue Halloween 2 was fucking fantastic, but let's let's face it, the majority doesn't think that, so. I think it's great. I I, I love Halloween. I I, I actually like the Halloween. I like both of them. Do you? See, I just watched the remake the other day. I get a lot of shit for that, too, but, like, uh. I really enjoy that movie. Um, rewatchability over and over again. Yeah, it's a little stale. Yeah. But, uh, but, but you got to understand, too, like, me and Alex are fucking huge Halloween fans, too. So we play the shit out of these movies. So Well, not no more, dude. Not no more. I haven't played. I don't really play those that much. Remember, I'm don't. You lie, sir. Dude, one time a year guy now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's all I do with those movies. I, 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 there's so many out there. So You're like, I'm putting my foot down. Yeah, I had to. I, I actually liked how he made it. To me, he made the Halloween franchise different while still within the same universe. I liked how you sort of got to the sense of like the Michael Myers breathing and into his psyche mm-hmm. a little right. bit. I thought it was a really interesting way to go because I don't know about you, but I've thought about it. I wonder what Michael Myers is thinking right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole time, that's what I wonder. Absolutely. I yep. actually, my parents' house, in my, my parents' home in Canada, they had an abandoned house on their uh, property. And the interior of that house looked just like the interior of the Halloween house. No wow. shit, huh? Like the identical layout. It was so creepy. And when I first walked into it when I was like 15, I, it was one of the things where I like couldn't put my finger on why it felt familiar. Mm-hmm. But it was so eerie. And I was like, I've been here before. And it wasn't that I'd been there before. It's just obviously that I'd seen the Halloween films. <laughs> then that music started. Dun, dun, dun. Dude, it was so creepy. Thank God it wasn't the part <laughs> five house. You're, you're, oh my gosh, yes. You're good if it's not. <laughs> Well, Jessica, like I said, thank you for being here. Um, you are clearly a horror fan, uh, to say the least. And uh, like I said, I can't wait for Truth or Dare. Um, you rock. Thank you for coming on with us. My pleasure. We'll have to do another round. I'd love to um, be more involved with uh, next time you see a, a studio picture that you thought was well done. We'll let you know. 
open it, open invitation anytime. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, Jessica. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure. I hope you guys both have a great day. Yeah, you too, Jessica. Thanks so much. Great having you on. And uh, definitely looking forward to Truth or Dare. Yes. Keep me posted on Chiller if you reach out to anyone. Let us know what they say. Absolutely. I will do that. Thanks, guys. Hi, guys. This is Ted White, and you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. Oh, good. Jason, Ted's here. Hey, Ted? Ted, hey, Ted! Where the hell's the corkscrew? Oh, God! Oh, my face! My hand! Oh, God! Guys! Look what Ted did to me! He's killing me! Why are you laughing? Why is it so funny? Oh, Jimbo. Oh, thank God, Jimbo. Oh, you're the only normal one in here. I said that I wanted to talk to you for a second. Talk to me about what? I have a machete in my face. Today was, uh, was, uh, was I... Well, spit it out. I'm getting a little woozy here. Was I a dead fuck? <laughs> I'm going to be a dead fuck if you don't get me to the hospital, you asshole. see if tonight was really the failure night I thought it was. Let's see, I'm going to run it through the old computer and see what it comes up with. He sounds like a dead fuck. What? A dead fuck? Yes, dead fuck. This is ridiculous. A lousy lay. Oh, just give it to me straight. I can handle it. You know, there's no such thing as computer intelligence anyway, so... And there is no DJ Betty either. (laughs) You son of a bitch. You are listening to the skeleton crew. Alex is a dead fuck just like Jimbo. Dan Chase gets a little fanboy on Adrian King, a.k.a. Alice Hardy, from Friday the 13th Part 1. And wouldn't you know it, that whole fanboy thing really just, it brought a tear to her eye. Check it out. 
I think your performance in that first movie, you know, there, there's been there's been some that rival it, but I, I don't even think that they're all a distant second. They don't come close. I I'm not trying to kiss your butt here or anything, but well, I really. You can. Go ahead. You can. <laughs> I told you I was just so. Here, this... you you can't see it, but I'm turning it towards you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things is, you know, with movies, I can watch this movie over and over and just have the best time watching it, you know? I, I love it, you know, it's just one of those movies where, and I know everybody says, oh, you know, of course the original is the best or whatever, but, you know, before, going back to before I was a real big, big horror fan, I saw this movie and I, I don't know, I can't even to this day, and we do a horror show here, I cannot put my finger on exactly what it is about that movie. It's just, it's just one of those flicks that I get at any given time of the day, whether one in the afternoon or one in the morning, I just throw it on and it's just got, it's just got that feeling, that classic feeling and I love it. So kudos to you. Well, I thank you and imagine my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? yeah. I just imagine you're friends with everybody because you, you come off as one of the nicest people. And that's why when Mike told me about this interview, I got so excited, Adrian, because you really do. You seem like such a nice person. And obviously, now that we're talking to you, it, it's obviously confirmed that you are. But, you know, it's just it's so great to uh, to have humble people and, and, and people in the genre that, that appreciate it. So, you know, I, I know I said this before. I'm just reiterating the same fact. But it's like, you know, People like like us, we, we do a horror show, it's fun, okay, whatever. But, you know, for, for you to come on and, and do stuff like this, and we can tell you are into it. And you can tell some people aren't always, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you, you're almost, it's almost like pulling teeth asking them questions. So with, with yeah. people like you, it's just so, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's got their own thing. But when you're so interested in it, like, like we are, it, it's just great. I mean, this is why we love to do this right here. So when he told me you were on the show, I... I, I would have done a backflip if I, if I didn't, you know, hurt myself, but I almost wanted to do a backflip right then and there, so. <laughs> oh, God. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> well, and I think those people that come come out to those things, too, are, are so into it. Like, like, Adrian, when I first started watching horror movies, that was... Friday 13th Part 1 was the one that really got me into it, and I was young, too. I'm 27. And I think I started watching it when I was like 10 or 11. And then I remember going and seeing Scream and that just kicked it off. And I was a huge horror fan after that. And then after seeing the first one, I went back obviously. And, and I remember just watching all the sequels, loving it. And, you know, I know you talked to, you were just talking about how, how bad of an experience you had on part two, but you, you couldn't tell. You did, you did a great job. You know, your acting was, was perfect. I thought it was, it was great. And that scene with the ice pick was really memorable for me, and it really stuck in my head. But, but there's no way that you would understand, like, how much that means to somebody. Like, you know, obviously not, you know, horror in general is, is obviously morbid and, and stuff like that. But there's something about it, too, where it's really personal. And people like myself, where, you know, I'm into a bunch of different things, but horror movies and stuff like that is probably one of my favorites. That's why we do the show, and it's fun and stuff like that. But... But to know that, like I said before, that people like you are into it and you give back and stuff like that, that means the world. And I just wanted to tell you because 
that was one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, I got into horror movies. Was was seeing you in those movies, uh, the first two, and 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 watching all the sequels after that. And it, it, I was off and running since. And and it was you played such an integral part in my life. And that's why I think when when these people come up and and sometimes you know people get nervous and they don't know what to say. So it's hard enough in itself going up to you know your idols or people that you look yeah. up to. And I always feel for those people, you know, that th thank you for saying that you're making me really uh, a little misty here. But I, you know, I, I honestly, honestly appreciate the fact that you're saying that because I take the time because I know it's, it's just as important to each one of you standing in, you wouldn't be standing waiting in line if it wasn't important. And I just, I can, I just embrace that and I cherish that. Number one at the box office, Katie Sackhoff makes her new debut in the Vin Diesel hit, Riddick. 59 minutes in, the Battlestar Galactica babe bears left boob in the shower. Sackhoff will make you whack off, and it'll be Riddick. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Blu-ray, it's Sharon Stone in the 1993 skin classic, Sliver. It's not just a sliver of nudity you'll get from Sharon, because she's bearing boobs and butt in five fantastic scenes. For Slice This Nice, you only need a sliver. Also nude on Blu-ray, Nadine Velasquez co-stars in FX's fantasy football sitcom, The League. Nadine bears her backfield in season four, and while she doesn't show us her astroturf, that tight end will turn your front four into a front seven. MrSkin.com, fast-forwarding to the good parts. Yeah, so, you know, we have a lot of stuff coming up in October. Uh, we've been, you know, dancing around it. We're finally going to get into it. It's all the universal classic monster movies. Uh, we're sticking to Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Wolfman. We're going to get do a big overview of that whole thing that went on in the 30s and 40s. And, you know, while thinking about that and getting in the mood for it, I realized, you know what I really like? was uh, the remake of Frankenstein and all that stuff that was going on in the Hammer movies. Have you ever seen any of the Hammer movies? Yes, I love Hammer. Hammer time? Yeah, I was going to say, not the rapper, right? <laughs> oh, oh. He dropped MC from his name when he was trying to get serious. Oh, God, so so excuse me. Uh, yes, because it was, the, it, was the, it was not the Hammer at all that was holding him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the MC that was was hindering his career. It was his two hundred friends that fucking asked him for money that was holding. Him. <laughs> and he gave them all jobs, making forty five grand a year in nineteen eighty two. Stop, hammer time. And then as soon as as soon as he went bankrupt, they all abandoned him. <laughs> yeah, right. At least Vanilla Ice is fucking on uh, VH one doing something. But yeah. Um, Okay, so Hammer Films, I, dude, I don't watch any of these things. And that's our whole thing about going into all these old movies, by the way, is like perspectives and, you know, you guys are kind of the OGs and we're going to hit all the all the good ones, all the notable ones. Um, and the ones that we aren't going to hit, we're going to kind of explain why. And, and it's going to be fun because I've never seen any of them. And uh, it's kind of perfect timing, right? If I can put them out for oh, October. Dude, October is the best time to watch classic I'm excited. Universe. I am genuinely excited because... That's one of those things where I see them all the time on on Turner Classics and all and all that shit. But I've never really given it a shot. I always 
thought that they were creepy um in in kind of in you know just like watching old movie aspect i always think old movies like that are creepy but then when they're purposefully trying to be creepy like that i always thought it was effective so yeah man i'm pumped for this for this uh little little stint we got coming up yeah well i've made a couple posts on facebook lately you yeah everybody check us out on facebook slash the skeleton crew show yeah did you guys see the makeup job on the Frankenstein monster in the evil of Frankenstein? I was so yes. funny. It looked like a little piggy. What was that, Jamie? It was. <laughs> it looked like paper mache. <laughs> it was really bad. By a three-year-old. That's what uh, Jonathan said. It looks like a, like an art project for like six-year-olds or something. <laughs> like, how do you? Ha- you know, there's no excuse for this. That was a. Not only was Hammer a reputable company, but Universal had hands in that actual installment. That was the third Frankenstein movie of the Hammer series. So for their Hammer Frankenstein uh, series, the first one is amazing. The second one is a step down, but it's okay. The third one is the evil of Frankenstein. You could you could pretty much skip that one because that face is so bad. It's so distracting. I can't really do it. But then you got... Frankenstein must be just... Oh, no, the next one is Frankenstein Created Woman um, or something like that. That's that's okay. It's all right. Good story. Did he end up banging her? No. Hmm. Interesting. And the next one is um, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. That's probably my favorite one besides the original. Uh, or maybe that's my favorite. And then the last one is Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. And that's pretty good. So you can hmm. watch that, too. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's what I've been watching lately. I don't know. What have you guys been watching? Well, this weekend I went on a little binge, and I was attempting Uh-oh. to clear out my Netflix queue as much as possible. It is a futile thing. It's true. But I was trying to stay on top of things. So I got rid of a couple of things that um, I had just been sitting there. You know, I finally watched ABCs of Death. Yes. Um, what did you think about that? I think some of them were good i unfortunately i think the majority of them were not i had i don't know it was, it was i felt like i was being dragged through it at times i just wanted it to hurry up but then you know there were some that were really good it just um that's you know how it is with an anthology you have some right. bads you have some goods this one i just feel was um maybe 40 percent. i liked Maybe. I think I'm being generous by saying that, but I'll give them that much. The um, you can, so crazy. Yeah. You can read my breakdown of each letter on the Horrorphilia group page <laughs> because I went letter by letter. Um, Did you? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, um, That's dedication. Well, in that one, no, not really. I'm just sitting here with my laptop going, oh, A, blah, 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 B, blah, 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 C, blah, blah, blah. I said more than blah, 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 but <laughs> you get the idea. Um, Ty West, you are horrible in this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Ty West, I have – I said this to you earlier, and I even said it on Facebook. I have come to the conclusion that he is just not good in a short film format. I feel like if he can't stretch out the story, then he doesn't know what to do with it. At least that's how it comes across. Great director. Just, that was horrible. Basing, uh, basing, you know, Based on his entries in VHS and – ABCs of Death. I just was not impressed. However, I love him and his feature-length films. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, some people just aren't cut out, I guess, 
for one or the other. I, I mean, I prefer short films. I think they're, you know, but it's a whole different, I mean, you have to think completely differently and do things completely. I don't think I, I have the chops to make a feature length film. Short films, mm-hmm. could do it all day long, but. P is for please get me through the rest of these. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh see, you God. found it. <laughs> um. W is for we did not have a good idea. Not one good idea. There were a couple, but yeah, a few and far between. <laughs> well, that specific W, the letter W, that was what that I was referring specifically to that to that short film as they did not have one good idea. It was just a mess. Mm-hmm. Um I hope the second one's better. I think I I hope so too. I think it will be. Um, Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is visually and orally amazing, but really slow. So if you are if you want your story to move along and you want stuff happening, then forget it, dude. But (laughs) but if you don't mind just kind of watching the colors and the sh- and the angles and listening to the sound effects which were brilliant and the sound the score is incredible then you know go for it but i warn you it could be a tough one if you try to pay attention to what's going on <laughs> and, I, um, and then i watched a bunch of documentaries i watched like Je- jeffrey dahmer files and um my amityville horror things like that you said that guy's pretty kooky, huh? He's he's a character, all right. He's an interesting one. It that is an interesting documentary. It's just um he's a little out there. Mhm. Uh and it's I don't know. I mean, why did he wait until both his parents were dead to tell us to tell this story and why will neither of his siblings be involved with it? Yeah, you know, it makes you think, but um mm. he wasn't he really he corroborates most of everything that went on in the house. I mean, he's saying, yes, this really did happen. And he's t- telling these stories yet at the same time, like you want to believe him, but yeah. then, <laughs> but then his credibility is kind of shot by the fact that he's a nut. No, yeah. <laughs> he actually seems like a really nice, but he seems like a really nice guy. And honestly, I would like the opportunity to talk to him one-on-one. I think that, I think it would be, he would tell some interesting stories, but now you said Lorraine Warren's in this too, right? Yes, yeah, he visits Lorraine Warren at her house. That's and um yeah, she has chickens inside. That's interesting. Legs. And then I don't know. <laughs> and then um at one point they go into the room where she keeps the relics. All the shit. So, yeah. So that was interesting. Cool. Dan. Well, Dan, what'd you watch? Oh, Jesus. Uh, not a lot of... Don't say Place Beyond the Pines. <laughs> I did watch that again, motherfucker. I they rewatched... Uh, watch Raging Cajun Redneck Gators because that shit is fun as hell. Right? Ra- <laughs> Was it good? Yeah? Yes. <laughs> I nice. loved it. <laughs> um, oh, what'd you guys think of the new uh, RoboCop trailer? Anybody see that? Yeah. What'd you think of it? It didn't look amazing. It looked all right. Well, you see, everybody's bitching about the dark humor and shit like that. I heard that uh, hopefully it'll be incorporated in it a little bit more, but I really wish they went R with it, dude. But it looks fucking sick, though. I mean, that suit, dude, both versions of it, much better than the pictures and shit. Like, live action, uh, 
the, all the live action shots were far exceeded my expectations. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna go see it. But I I, I wasn't overtly excited in the beginning, um, or at all for that matter. But I'm definitely fucking pumped after I saw that dude. It looks fucking sick. But uh, I hope they don't. I saw a lot of robots in there, dude. I hope fucking you know it's not just robot on robot. Fucking oh, it's you know. Let's find this easy way to get away from blood and and that dark humor that the original had. I hope they don't do that, but you know we'll see. So, anyways, uh, shit that I watched. Uh, not a lot of horror shit. I can tell you that much. I did. Uh, I saw it. World's End, which was fucking amazing. Anybody see that, uh, Jamie? No, I was. I still haven't gotten to see that, and it hurts my feelings. Well, be prepared because you will love these guys even more. Shaun of the Dead, still my favorite. It, it's it's just it, it just is, and I can't really say too much about this movie. But did you like Hot Fuzz too, Jamie? Hell yeah! Hot Fuzz is one of my favorites. Like it took it when I first saw it, I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And then, like you know, instantly right after that, it became you know one of one of my favorite movies, along yeah. with Shaun and the Dead. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not going to give anything away, but I wasn't sold in the beginning of this movie. I thought it was just a little, you know, just I don't know because I didn't know anything about it going in. Like I saw a trailer or whatever, and even that, uh, I just didn't know anything. And it took it took just a I'd say two minutes long, and I was like, all right, this is getting. Wait, what the fuck is going on? And from there, this movie, dude, it's just nonstop comedy. And it's it's such, it's such brilliant comedy, the way Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I mean, it's those two back at it again. And it's just fucking, it's classic. So, yeah, at World's End, um, definitely recommend it. It's, it's just one of those, it, these guys are fucking killing it. They're starting to become some of my favorites, except for the fact that Simon Pegg's starting to be in, like, everything now. Like, oh, I'm going to be in Star Trek. Oh, I'm going to be in Mission Impossible. Like, the dude's just everywhere. And I'm not complaining. I just think it's... Uh, Oversaturation? Yeah, I would say so. But but also, while he does his own thing like this with the director that he always fucks with, with and within the setting, you know what I mean? Like, with him and Nick Frost and them writing the story and shit like that, that's the shit that I love. All the other stuff, hey, I, I, I could take it or leave it. Most likely, you know, 99% of the time, I'll leave it. But um, in this, dude, fucking perfect. And this this rounds out, you know, the, uh, I'd say, what, the, the three movies that they got, right? They, I don't think they've made any more, have they? Anyways, yeah, it it just rounds it out beautifully. Did Edgar Wright do Run, Fat Boy, Run? Um, I don't know. I don't know. That did have a lot of the same guys in it. So if he did, it. if he did, then that would be their fourth. I think. But did you wait? Different. What do you mean? Was that? I never saw that movie actually. Oh well, it was Simon Pegg. So if Edgar Wright oh. did it, then did you would, like it though? Do you remember it being good, bad? I never it? saw it. That's why I don't okay. know who did it. <laughs> yeah. um, See, I didn't hear much about it, but yeah, like uh, it Sean was, I planned to. It was here for. Um, it, I I glanced up one day. It was playing at the theater. I went to go see it. It was gone. It was less weird. than a week. Yeah. Huh. That's weird. Yeah, like it was. Uh, it was really good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I actually, um, it was random, but I I I broke down and I ended up watching Halloween. And I fucking loved every second of it. To be honest with you. Well, did you hear the same sound? 
<laughs> when she's like, going up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yes it was jamie lee curtis's voice overdubbed at the michael myers breathing no um yeah like it was it was weird watching it because i've seen it so many times but um at this point in the game it's all about trying to get myself in the mood and i can't just do that by sitting there or whatever so putting on halloween um i guess Right off the bat, I mean, I'd say 20 minutes in, I was fucking immersed, and I was along for the ride again. No no matter how many times I see that fucking movie, every time it just throws me right into the Halloween spirit. To the point where I almost watched two. It was kind of late, though, so I didn't end up doing it. But, yeah, man, that's why I just, I love it. I fucking love that movie, and I'm going to watch two soon and, and continue that whole trend. And it, it's just the beginning of September. I couldn't even wait. I couldn't even do it. I, know. I went I went shopping on Saturday for some Halloween decorations and oh, yeah. I came home and I wanted to decorate so bad and I'm like, ah, oh, but it's early and <laughs> I just well, Yeah, that'd be weird. But I, I it's yeah. so weird, but I did put up a werewolf because <laughs> I like him. I have a bat in my house constantly. He's like just I mean, yeah, the werewolf's actually in the office with the re- I mean because mm, a lot of my house is horror devoted. I have blood spilling out of my freezer year round. Mm-hmm. Oh my! <laughs> so like, I just remembered too. They had um, a couple new ads uh, and I think promo pictures or whatever for uh, the new season of American Horror Story. That's another thing that I was uh, I'm thinking about diving into season two of that soon because um, I love season one. So I was thinking about doing that soon because season three looks fucking sick, dude. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, Sorry, dude. You know me. I'm like. Uh, no, nah, it's all good. Like I said, I'm just. Uh, I'm handicapped when it comes to, <laughs> like my. It's no, and it's. I think it's an acquired taste, but a lot of people seem to like that show too. So I definitely want to try and uh, you know at least give it a shot. I know Jamie likes season two a lot, so you know shit. Jamie Jenkins says it. Gotta give it a shot. So, um, and then yeah. uh, this isn't horror either, but I uh, rewatched uh, the last season in like two days, a day and a half. I banged through season five of uh, Sons of Anarchy, which I know you just recently got into. Oh, I recently got into it. You, My you girlfriend. So far, sir, and where are you? In I'm in season three, episode 11, and I've only been watching for like two and a half to three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I went through three years and three weeks. That's how good it is. <laughs> you lucky bastard, you. Yes. <laughs> Dude. And I saw that Netflix only goes up to season four. Right. And ne- season five just came out on Blu-ray. So I went and I got that yes, today. Yes, you're a good man. See, it's weird. Yeah, it's so good. No, I was going to say, I just can't, I can't imagine not having it readily available if we stop the last part of season four. And right. it's like, well, we have to go to the store? Yeah. No. Yeah. Alex, See, you I have called them morbidly made. They're why? Because they just popped on. <laughs> popped on what? On Skype. You have morbidly made. I did, well, not on purpose. It just. Um, <laughs> How do you get that by accident? Well, because it used to be. How did you stumble. Upon? I assumed. I don't know. It just sort of showed up. I assumed it was Michael J's old. Or didn't he just take his same thing and change the name? I'm sure he did. Actually. Oh, did he? I assume. Probably. I didn't. I never added the morbidly made. He just, you know. Yeah. Uh... The morbidly made drive-in where the fans have control. Yeah. Well, obviously the fans are not. Asking for a lot of episodes very often. <laughs> so that's that. So there you go. 
Thanks for listening, and we will be back. Uh, yeah, motherfuckers. Play that shit, Buckethead. <laughs> <laughs>